may be seated. Uh, it is really exciting when we come to uh, a service like this, and uh, you might think it's a little bit strange. What is the difference between a baby dedication and a christening? Uh, because a lot of people have the understanding that as soon as a you know, baby's born, the first thing they want to do if they want to uh, kind of bring their, their children up in a Christian faith is to um, get the child christened. Um, well, the difference between a christening and a baby dedication is uh, a baby dedication is simply the parent's responsibility to dedicate their child to the Lord and to bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. It doesn't matter how much water you sprinkle on a baby's forehead. Um, a baby's sins cannot be absolved by the sprinkling of water. When the child is old enough to make their own decision, then they have an opportunity to accept the Lord as their savior. Um, they can do that far better if the parents have made a commitment to bring their child up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And you might be thinking, well, what's the point today? Why do that? Because church is a dead thing. Um, it's only old people that go to church. Church is kind of a, a dying breed. Um, and to some degrees, you're right. Church is dying slowly today. Um, we have got a building like this, which used to seat about 850 people. And there used to be a time in Wales where every chapel like this was completely filled every single Sunday. And that's not the case anymore. Uh, unfortunately, today, Wales has forgotten its heritage. Wales was a nation built on Christian beliefs. Uh, you read some of the old accounts of revivals that took place during the um, 17th, 18th, 19th, and even 20th centuries. And you will see a great move of God taking place in Wales. If you look at the dates of the churches, uh, a lot of the churches built in these valleys were built in the early 1900s. Why? Because God moved in such a way that churches like these were springing up at a rate of literally one a week because thousands and thousands and thousands of people were coming to know Christ as their savior. But that's not the case anymore. Uh, unfortunately, Wales has turned into a, a nation that is not a Christian nation. Uh, according to the last uh, census, there was very few people that actually said that they held to Christian beliefs or Christian values. And you might think, well, what's the point? Well, what is the point in bringing our children up this way? What is the point in bringing them to church, sending them to Sunday school? What is the point? Uh, and we come to a, an account in the, in the Bible, in 1 Samuel, where a set of parents faced exactly the same dilemma that parents face today. In 1 Samuel, we have the account of Hannah and Elkanah. First uh, Samuel chapter 1, uh, uh, we won't read the, the whole chapter for the sake of time, but just to give you a summary, Hannah is barren and cannot have any children. Um, they go to the tabernacle uh, to pray. Hannah prays earnestly that God would give her a, a child. And she said, if you give me a child, then I promise uh, that I will give him back to you. And it says in verse 19 of 1 Samuel chapter 1, And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house to Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, 
and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked him of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time together this morning and for this opportunity uh, to come to a service like this, Father. And we are excited uh, for Carl and Carla's decision uh, to dedicate Gabriel today, Lord. And we just pray that you would bless them uh, as a family for this and that you would speak to our hearts, Lord, uh, as we hear the message today and as we witness uh, this dedication, that you would help us to understand and recognize the importance uh, of uh, being an influence, not just in our children's lives, but in the lives of younger Christians around us, that they might see the light of the Lord Jesus Christ in and through our lives. So Father, we just pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. So exactly. So there are two ingredients involved in training a child. First of all, the influence of those around them. And the second is the response uh, of the child to his influence. And in 1 Samuel, uh, we see a a day and age very much like our own. Uh, Israel was a nation that was meant to serve the Lord. It was a nation that was meant to love the Lord. It was a nation that was meant to be different from the nations around them. Uh, The whole purpose of Israel as a nation was to worship God and as a result be a light to the Gentiles. Unfortunately, and maybe uh, some of you here this morning visiting with us have got a a preconceived idea of what the church is like. Maybe you've been hurt by Christians. Maybe you've seen a double standard in the way Christians live. Maybe you've seen some who've been judgmental or who claim to be super spiritual and look down on everybody else who doesn't go to church. Uh, And that's pretty much um, what was happening in Israel's day. Israel was meant to be a light to the Gentiles. The church is meant to be a a, a testimony to a lost world. Uh, We're not meant to be self-righteous and super judgmental of everybody else. We're just meant to show the love of the Lord Jesus Christ to a world that is hurting. In Israel's day, the church was not the force that it should have been. Um, The tabernacle, the, the, the religious system then, shall we say, was struggling. The priests were corrupt. Those who were meant to lead Israel in the right direction were corrupt themselves. And we see that today. We, we look at the news and say, well, what difference is the church to a lost world? Because you see all of these so-called religious leaders um, saying one thing and doing another and being corrupt and being sinful. And that's what was happening in Israel today. The priests were corrupt. And because the priests were corrupt, the nation was corrupt. The spiritual leaders weren't leading the people in the way that they should have gone. And it's incredible that when Hannah and Elkanah have Samuel, they say, we want to bring him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Uh, We want him to to come to know the Lord. Uh, You don't have to be a, a, a spiritual genius to realize that the UK is in a moral and spiritual mess. The church is not the force that it used to be. We don't see churches springing up everywhere, left, right, and center, and the churches burst into the seams. Um, And that's uh, just an indication of how messed up our society has become. You don't have to be a genius to turn on the TV and realize that the world is in a mess. Um, I've never seen so much hatred uh, in the world today. 
Um, you know, you, you can't have an opinion now without being ostracized or, you know, being looked down upon or being classed as some kind of narrow-minded, bigoted person. And if you don't agree with me, then there's just so much anger and hatred and hurt in the world. And you think, you know, do we want to bring our children up in a world like this? Because what, if this is the mess we're in now, what is it going to be like when our children are older? What's it going to be like for their children? What's the point? Can we actually make a difference? And the answer is, yeah, we can. We can make a difference. Uh, because no matter how dark it is outside, even the smallest of light can make a difference in a dark place. So there's some important ingredients involved here in, in, in Hannah and El, Elkanah training Samuel, bringing Samuel up in the nurture and admission of the Lord. And that's going to help us to, uh, to recognize what, what we need to do in terms of uh, the same thing. So first of all, I just want us to see a few things. First of all, we see that Samuel was given to God. It says in verse 11, uh, chapter 1, that Hannah vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And then in verse uh, 28, it says, Therefore also have I lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he shall be lent to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord there. Samuel uh, was given to God. Um, Hannah, uh, as we said earlier, was barren. She, uh, she couldn't have children. And she just prayed to the Lord and earnestly prayed that the Lord would give her uh, a child. And she made a promise. And she said, Lord, if you give me a child, I will give him back to you. And she made a, a vow that the, uh, Samuel would be a, a, a Nazarite. She wouldn't let a razor come upon his head. And uh, even those, uh, probably the, the most famous Nazarite you're familiar with is Samson. Um, but Samuel was um, a Nazarite. Uh, a Nazarite was a man or woman who had made a vow before the Lord to serve the Lord for life. Uh, and the vow was usually made by the p- person fulfilling the vow. Uh, but oftentimes was made by um, the parent. And Nazarite didn't uh, cut his hair, touch any great products, and was not allowed any near dead bodies. That was the vow of a Nazarite. Um, so Hannah prays and says, look, I am, I am going the extra mile. I am going to not just dedicate him to you, but I'm going to make this extra vow um, which goes above and beyond. And Eli the priest thought Hannah was drunk um, because she was earnestly praying and she was asking the Lord uh, for a child and, and, and he thinks she's drunk. Um, in verse 13, it says, Eli therefore thought she was uh, drunken. And Hannah answered in verse 15, and said, No, Lord, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. She explains to the priest that she's so desperate to have this child that if she can just have a, a, a child, she will dedicate him back to uh, the Lord. And Hannah becomes a mum. Um, it says in verse 19 that the Lord remembered her and it came to pass when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived that she bare a son and called his name Samuel. Um, then after Samuel is weaned, um, she says in verse 24, when she'd weaned him, she took him up with her uh, with three bullocks, one effort of flour, a bottle of wine and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. 
And the child was young. And they slew the bullock and brought the child to Eli. And she said, Oh, my Lord, as thou so liveth, my Lord, I am the woman that stood by thee here praying unto the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord hath given me my petition, which I asked of him. Therefore also have I lent him to the Lord. As long as he liveth, he should be lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. At a very young age, Samuel was brought to the Lord, uh, just as Hannah had promised. And you might think, you know, well, at what age do we kind of bring kids to church? And I know sometimes people get a bit frustrated when they hear um, a baby crying or, oh, it's, 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 it's too noisy. I love to hear the voice of a baby crying in church because that means that there's another generation coming and another generation coming. Um, I remember when my kids were little, the only ones who really used to stress about their kids crying in church are the parents. And those who really do kind of want the church to grow, that's the sweetest sound going. Uh, and I know sometimes parents get stressed out because the baby's making a noise, and it's like, oh no, we take them out to the service. And my, my, my view is cry away. Uh, I think it's the absolute sweetest sound um, in the church. Um, and, and I love it when parents follow the example of, of Hannah and Elkanah and they bring their kids to, to, to church. And we should follow that example. Uh, we should kind of give our uh, children to the Lord in that sense. And I'm not suggesting you make every child uh, take the vow of an Azrite and, you know, that they, they never cut their hair. And, and, and I know, well, this is good, Dan. I know you. Just cut his hair now, and you know, all our long hair is completely gone. But uh, I'm not saying you should take the vow of a Nazarite, um, but we should bring our kids to church. We should uh, have that desire to, to want to, uh, to train them up. Because here's the thing um, if we want our kids to have the right kind of moral upbringing, a lot of people are very critical of the Bible to say, oh, yeah, well, it's, you know, it's out of date and it's, it's this and it's that. But it does show us how to act right and wrong. It does show us how to, to live in a world that's really hard to live in. Um, and I'm thankful, you know, that when we were little, we were, we were sent to Sunday school. Um, and it's amazing how many of those stories you can probably still remember you know, we've spoken to people in the community so many times and, and, and you know, talked to them about the Lord and they say the same thing. Oh, you're from Bethany. We used to go to Sunday school there. We used to go to Sunshine Corner, uh, Uncle Andrew and Andy Elaine. And, you know, we used to... And some people remember the stories that they were told and the accounts from the Bible they've heard. And the Bible says this, says this that God's word never returns void. It always achieves its purpose. Uh, and we can either allow the church to help put some of this moral value into our lives, or we can allow the world to do it. And I'll be honest with you, the stuff that we see on the TV today, I just can't believe that type of stuff is on there for our kids to watch. Um, you know, we can't blame the kids for using language that they hear on the TV when we've kind of allowed that to happen. Um, we live right next to a, to a comp. Uh, I worked, I worked as, uh, in a, on a factory floor for 15 years before I went into the ministry. So, I'm, you know, I'm not somebody who's never heard any swear words or anything. I 
the people on, on the shop floor use some really choice language. But not even these hardened men use language like some of the kids use today as they walk past our house. You say, where have they heard that from? And why? And it just becomes normalized. Um, so if we're going to allow the TV to bring up our kids, if we're going to allow YouTube to bring up our kids, if we're going to allow Facebook to bring up our kids, and we're going to allow Instagram to bring up our kids, and we're going to allow TikTok to bring up our kids, we can't then be frustrated when they turn out exactly like those people that they're watching and those they called influencers for a reason because they actually influence people to act a certain way. Well, I'm thankful that my influence came from the Lord, that my influence comes from the scripture. And Hannah and Elkanah lived in a world that was surrounded by this, this wickedness constantly, but they still made a commitment to dedicate Samuel to the Lord. Samuel was given to God. Um, and, you know, whatever uh, we do, um, I think it's incredible that, that Carl and Carl have made that decision that they want to give Gabriel to the Lord. They want to dedicate him, to make that public commitment in front of everybody, in front of their family, in front of the church, to say, look, we are making a commitment to bring up Gabriel in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. We want to train up our child in the way that he should go. You'll be amazed at how much kids pick up. Um, you'll be amazed at you know, what, the type of things that they, they do and they say. Um, and you'll, you'll see that kids act like their parents. Um, and they continue to act like their parents. Um, you know, sometimes I make mistakes in the house and I say to Joe, oh, no, I've turned into my father. But you'll see, you know, even little ones talking um, like their parents. You know, it's, it's funny that, you know, my, my, my daughter and son-in-law live in America and they just had a, a, a little one. Um, so Lily will be two uh, before long. And of course, in America, Hannah has picked up an American accent. I hate that. Awful. I mean, hopefully on St. David's Day she was ultra Welsh. Um, but when she's getting Lily um, to talk, Lily doesn't say mom like they do in America. Hey, mom. She shouts out, mom. And that's just a little reminder that, oh, yes, she's Welsh. She might have an American passport, but she's Welsh. She did wear a Welsh t-shirt on, uh, on Friday for St. Dave's Day, so I was very happy with that. But it is, our kids will, will act like uh, the parents. And they will even talk like their parents. Um, so that's important that we have that, that commitment. And that Carl and Carla have that, that commitment to bring up um, Gabriel in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. So what we are looking for then is for Gabriel to follow in their footsteps. Uh, Hannah... And Elkanah brought Samuel to the Lord uh, to train him up uh, uh, under um, the, the, the Lord's house as he were under that roof. Uh, and um, they wanted Samuel uh, to come to that realization that he belonged to the Lord. Um, it's interesting that, you know, when Joshua said, um, if it seem evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, there's plenty of 
plenty of things to serve today. You know, we are pulled in a whole host of different directions. Um, you know, and the world's voice says the same thing. Don't listen to the church. They're crackers. They're bonkers. They're all nuts. They're all crazy. They're all, they're all wacko. But they're actually normal people. Uh, you might not think that after, after today, if you're visiting with us for the first time, you might think, uh, they didn't even know how to play the piano properly. <laughs> he was having an off day. But we're just normal people. We're normal people who, who love the Lord and we just want to make sure that the world knows that Christ loves them and that he died for them. Um, and we're just meant to shine our light. We're just normal people. Um, so Samuel was given to the Lord. But not only was Samuel given to the Lord, Samuel was also trained at his mother's knee. In verse 24, it says, When she had weaned him, she took him up with, her, uh, with three bullocks and one effort of flour, a bottle of wine, and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh. And the child was young. When the child was weaned, that means that the child was no longer dependent on his mother's milk. And that process, uh, during these days, could take three to four years. Hannah had dedicated Samuel to the Lord, and she had him for three or four years. And in those, that short period of time, he received some intensive training. Um, it is possible to train little ones um, to love the Lord. Uh, you listen to, um, to toddlers uh, in church, and sometimes it's incredible. You know, when, when our kids were little, some of the things that, you know, that they would say as, as, as little toddlers, the, the verses that they could remember. You know, I loved it when uh, we used to have the, the Sunday school come up the front, and all the kids would, would do their verses. And, you know, just a few years old... And it'd be amazed how many verses some of the, the little ones could actually quote. I know that some children have made decisions for Christ at a, at a very young age, you know, making a, a commitment to follow him and to ask him uh, to, to, to save them. Um, and you can imagine Hannah with Samuel saying, Look, Samuel, you are different. You know, some kids are going to be allowed to get away with stuff that you are not going to be allowed to get away with. Some kids are going to be allowed to do stuff that you are not allowed to do. And it's interesting that Samuel never rebelled against the teaching that he received. I just want to read to you what an unknown person wrote. He said this. He said, we had the meanest mother in the whole world. While other children ate sweets for breakfast, we had to have cereal, eggs, toast. When others had... Um, Coke and, and cake for lunch, we had to eat sandwiches. And you can guess our mother fixed us a dinner that was different from the other children too. Mother insisted on knowing where we were at all times. You would think that we were convicts in a prison. She had to know who our friends were and what we were doing with them. She insisted that if we said we would be gone for an hour, we would be gone for an hour or less. We were ashamed to admit it, but she had the nerve to break the child labor laws by making us do chores. We had to wash the dishes, make the beds, learn to cook, uh, hoover the floor, do laundry, and all sorts of cruel jobs. I think she would just lie awake at night thinking of more things for us to do. She always insisted on us telling the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. By the time we were teenagers, she could read our minds. Then life was really tough. Mother wouldn't let our friends just beep the horn when they drove up. They had to come up to the door so she could meet them. 
while everybody else could go on dates when they were 12 or 13, we had to wait until we were 16. Because of our mother, we missed out on lots of things that other children experienced. None of us ever got caught shoplifting, vandalizing, or were ever arrested for any crime. It was all her fault. We never got drunk, took up smoking, or stayed out all night, or a million other things that our other friends did. Sundays were reserved for church, and we never missed once. We knew better than to ask to spend the night with a friend on a Saturday. Now that we have left home, we are all God-fearing, educated, honest adults. We are doing our best to be mean parents, just like mum. I think that what is wrong with the world today, it's just we don't have enough mean mums anymore. Hannah's example was to simply train up Samuel in the way that he should go. Deuteronomy 6 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. Um, We are to teach our children to love the Lord. You know, one of the sweetest things, and it might sound silly to you, but when, you know, when we pray for our food and just ask a blessing on our food, um, just to hear Lily, our little granddaughter, say, Amen. Um, is just one of the sweetest things. You might say, well, she doesn't understand what she's saying. But she will when it's done long enough and often enough. Hannah um, not only dedicated Samuel to the Lord, she trained him at her knee. And then Samuel was not only given to God and trained at Hannah's knee, he was brought to the house of God. He wasn't sent to the house of God. He was brought to the house of God. Uh, Hannah said, um, uh, Hannah said that uh, in 1 Samuel 2:11, uh, it says that Elkanah went to Ramah his house, and the child administered unto the Lord before Eli the priest. And uh, in 1 Samuel 2 verse 18, Samuel ministered before the Lord, being uh, a child. And then in verse uh, 21. It says that the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters. And the child Samuel grew before the Lord. Samuel was literally raised in the church of his day. Um, if you like, the tabernacle was the place where people gathered to worship Lord, uh, to worship the Lord. And that's where uh, Samuel was raised. So he was raised in the house of God. He was brought to the house of God. Um, and I think it's important. You know, it's important that we don't just send our children to, to church or to Sunday school. We bring them. Um, because if it's important to us, then our kids will see how important it is. Uh, if it's not important to us, and you're like, well, we don't need to go, but you do then it's not going to make a blind bit of difference to them. As soon as they're old enough to not go, they won't go. Um, but Samuel was raised in the church of his day. Psalm 92, 13 says, Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Because here's the thing. Our children will learn. Um, they will learn what they're taught in school. They will learn what they see on TV and church, we might just have them for 
a few moments a week, maybe one hour, um, two or three at the most, whereas school, TV, social media have got our children's attention for so long. Uh, we live in a tough world. We live in a cruel, immoral world. Um, and if I say that things are only going to get worse, you might look at me and say, well, uh, you can't say that. Let me ask you this question. What, is the world different today than it was when you were kids? Absolutely it is. You know, I remember, um, you know, my grandparents babysitting for me. And I even remember them saying when we were your age, we never used to have to lock our doors. You know, I think, I may even remember the neighbor just walking into the house. You know, the doors were never locked and neighbors would just walk in and um, there was just that community. You know, you don't have that today. If you don't lock your doors today, you, you, you know, we, we had somebody across the road from us. They, uh, they'd left the door open one night and somebody had just gone in and taken everything from the living room because they forgot to lock the door. We live in a world that's really harsh, that's tough, that's wicked, that's cruel. But I think when kids are grounded in the word of God, they have a great foundation with which to be able to stand against the peer pressure. You know how many of us were convinced that, you know, smoking makes you look really cool and that would be awesome if you do that as a, you know, as a, 12, 13, 14 year old in, in comp and you know just take a sip of drink that's really... there's a lot of peer pressure in the world today but if we've got that foundation that we build upon then we can stand against everything uh, that comes against us that the world is trying to uh, conform us to its image so it's important Samuel was dedicated to the Lord Gabriel is going to be dedicated to the Lord um, Samuel was trained by his mum. So that doesn't let you off the hook, Carl. It doesn't mean that Carl is going to do all the work um, spiritually. Um, But what it means is is that Samuel was able to follow mum's example. Um, Gabriel is going to follow Carl and Carla's uh, example. And then Samuel eventually was called by the Lord. And this is the difference between a christening and a dedication. You know, during a christening, you're basically told that your sins are absolved and that's it. You're, you're born into the family of God and that, that's not how it works. The child has to be old enough to make their own decision. And that's the thing. Carl and Carl are not forcing anything upon Gabriel. Gabriel's going to come to a point in his life where he has to make a decision to accept the Lord and to follow him or to reject the Lord and to go his own way. Um, but in, in chapter 3, we see the Lord calling Samuel. The child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. That means that God's word wasn't spoken very much in those days. Uh, and it came to pass that the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here am I. As we pray for our children, we want the Lord to call our children. The first call we want uh, for them is that call of salvation. Mark 10, 14, the Lord said, suffer the little children to come unto me. And the other word suffer means don't hinder them. Um, Let the little children come to me and forbid them not. 
For of such is the kingdom of God. There is no more. To the kids will make so many decisions in their life. Um, kids will make a decision of whose friends to, uh, that they're going to bother with. Then they're going to make the decision of which university to go to. And then they're going to make the decision of which career uh, to go to. Then they'll make the decision of which person they're going to spend the rest of their life with. And all of those are important decisions. But the most important decision a child will ever make is to accept or to reject the Lord. John 3.36 says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. If we can teach our, our children to listen to the voice of the Lord, the Bible says that it's the, the, the Holy Spirit and the Father that draws us unto him. But we have to make that decision. We can't make that decision for our children. They have to make that decision to accept or to reject the Lord. We can't force them to do that. If we teach our kids, if we dedicate them to the Lord and we bring them to church and we train them at our knee, and then they have that opportunity to listen to the Lord's voice. Samuel was given to God. He was trained at his mother's knee. He was brought to the house of God. He was called by the Lord. And Samuel responded, Speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. How do we teach our children to be obedient to the Lord? By being obedient ourselves. You know, I've used this illustration a lot, but I I just remember it was such a powerful illustration um, a powerful lesson. Uh, there was an advert a couple of years ago, uh, and it was kind of talking about the dangers of smoking. And what it did is showed um, a mother um, pushing a pram, and walking behind mom was a little girl pushing her doll in her, in her toy pram, following in mom's footsteps. And then the next picture was a, a dad um, pushing the lawnmower and mowing the grass. And then there was a, a little boy walking behind him with a toy lawnmower um, just following in dad's footsteps. And then there was a, a picture of, of uh, a dad sat on the settee with a, a beer in one hand and a cigarette in the other hand uh, watching the football. And it turned to the little child uh, holding like, a, I know, like a, a white stick. Uh, and he was following exactly what dad was doing. So I'm saying that to say this. Kids imitate what they see. And they'll imitate their parents. Hannah and Elkanah had to be an example to Samuel. Carl and Carla will have to be an example to Gabriel. And that's the thing. They've made a commitment to dedicate them to the Lord. To um, train him at their knees. To bring him to the house of the Lord And then at some point in his life, he'll have an opportunity to make that decision for himself. If this is what he wants to carry on with or not. And Samuel responded to the Lord when he said, Here here I am, Lord, or speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. As we train our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, what we want them to have then is a godly testimony. Um, you know, nothing makes us more excited uh, than when we see our kids following in our footsteps. And for a Christian, that means the world. So, 
I'm going to ask Carl and Carla and Gabriel to come forward. And I said, if we have Gwenny and Gideon come up as well. <clears throat> going to come and stand here with me. Hey. We practice this in the house to me. You were okay with me for a bit. So we'll, we'll see now. So in, in Mark um, chapter 10 and verse 13, uh, it says that they brought the young children to Jesus, that he should touch them and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. When Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, Suffer the little children to come unto me, and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. It's a wonderful privilege um, today to participate in the public declaration of Gabriel Zion Windmill Lewis. Uh, he was born on the 24th of December, 2022. And following the example of devout parents of the, the Bible, Carl and Carl have expressed a desire to present Gabriel to the Lord. And this is a sober commitment. This is not something which they have entered in lightly. This is not something uh, which they've thought, oh, this will just be a nice thing to do. This has been done uh, with much thought and much prayer. And Christ demonstrates his acceptance and love for the little children when he said to suffer the little children, to let them come. Um, you know, oftentimes the Lord spoke about us having a childlike faith uh, because he saw uh, that in incredible wonder in a child when um, you know, you, you talk to a child about something and they just have a, 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 an absolute wonder about everything around them. And, you know, when you talk to them, um, it, it's just incredible to think that uh, a childlike faith means just a complete innocent trust in what the Lord is saying. You know, Gabriel has complete trust and faith now that Carla won't get weak in the one arm and that she'll drop it. That's absolute faith. There's like no worry about has she got the strength to do this? Can she hold me for any length of time? And that's what the Lord is talking about, that, that childlike faith, that complete innocent trust in a, a parent. And Christ showed that love and acceptance for children when he said, suffer the little children to come unto me and forbid them not. So the primary responsibility and care for Gabriel, of course, rests with Carl and Carla. Uh, and I know Gwen is like an extra uh, mum in the situation. She does an incredible job uh, with babysitting during, during the service. And uh, I'm sure Gideon doesn't do too bad either as well. I, okay, not too bad. Little bit. <laughs> so the primary responsibility for care of Gabriel, of course, rests with Carl and Carla. And the scripture says to train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he's old, he will not depart from it. The Bible says to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Carl and Carla, as you engage in this task with joy and peace, uh, we just ask that you would earnestly seek the Lord for daily guidance and wisdom for all the events that will occur in Gabriel's life and for all the decisions that you have to make as a family. James says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given unto him. 
May you also daily give thanks to God for Gabriel and for the joy and love that he brings to your home. As he grows, may you earnestly strive to spend adequate time with him, developing him in a strong moral foundation for life and an awareness for the Lordship of Christ and his abiding presence. Now then, the extended family. If you are part of this family, I would like you to stand, if you would. If you were here today to support um, Carl and Carla and Gabriel and Gwenny and Gideon, would you stand? I'm going to give you a charge. Uh, I've charged the parents to bring up Gabriel in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now, Gabriel has the added benefit of the influence provided to him by you, the extended family. You are there to provide backup and uh, support. And um, it's your responsibility also to provide a caring, supportive group for this family. Uh, all I ask of you is that you would be faithful in praying for them and undergird their efforts to establish a strong Christian home built on Christian principles. And I would urge you to demonstrate an interest and concern and love for Gabriel as he grows physically, mentally, socially, and spiritually. Thank you to the family. You can be seated. And now I'm going to ask the church to stand. There's one other agent of influence in Gabriel's life today, and that is you, the members of this congregation. And I charge you to do all that you can to help and support this family, uh, that you would provide a place of worship in a community where Gabriel may hear the full counsel of God's word. And I am charging you to covenant before God to set an example in your lives, um, that you would live a godly life and that you would provide an atmosphere here in this church that will shape and inspire Gideon to desire the Christian way of life. You can be seated. And now Carl and Carla. In the sight and presence of God and these witnesses, do you earnestly desire to bring up Gabriel in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? Do you promise to seek to lead him to accept Christ as his Savior and to serve him as his Lord? Do you pledge to make your home a school for Christian instruction? And do you promise as far as in you lies to set before your son examples of consistent godly living? And now, on the authority of God's holy word, and as a minister in Christ's church, I dedicate you, Gabriel, Zion, Winmer Lewis, unto the Lord, and unto his service according to his will. And the Lord bless you, and keep you, and make his face shine upon you. And the Lord be gracious unto thee, and lift up his countenance upon thee, and give thee peace. Amen. All right, let's just pray for the family. Father, we thank you for this time together today, Lord. We thank you for this privilege to be able to come together and to dedicate Gabriel in the sight of all these witnesses here in church and ultimately in the sight of God. Father, Carl and Carl have made a commitment uh, to dedicate Gabriel, to train him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And Father, I just pray that you would help them as a family, that you would bless them as a family in this commitment. Father, I pray you'd put a hedge around and about them. And I pray that as the extended family have made a commitment to support them and as the church family have made a commitment to provide a place uh, here at Bethany uh, for Gabriel to grow uh, spiritually, 
And I pray that you'd help each and every one of us, Lord, to pray for this family, to pray for Carl and Carla and Gabriel and Gwenny and Gideon, and just ask that you would help them in their walk with you. So, Father, we just ask now this blessing upon this family. And, Father, we thank you for this time together today. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. Uh, thank you again uh, to everybody um, that has been here today. Um, it is a privilege just to be able to come and ask the Lord um, just to help this family, um, just to be able to see Gabriel um, grow. Uh, and it's exciting to see what the Lord uh, can do uh, through a family that's committed uh, to serving him. So we'll stand together and close out the service by singing our last hymn. Amen.
close in prayer. Father, thank you again for this time together this morning, for this privilege to be able to gather in church today and just to witness uh, this dedication, Lord. We just ask that you'd continue to have your hand upon this precious family, Lord, and that you'd help us uh, to be a blessing and encouragement to them. Father, we pray that you would just uh, help us now as we go separate ways, that you'd keep us safe, Lord. I pray that you would just prepare our hearts as we get ready to gather again this evening, Lord, to praise and worship you. We thank you again for all that you do for us, and we just praise your wonderful and holy name. These things we ask in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.